0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 391. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Capital One, and Memberful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason. Hi, Mike. I have a hashtag SnowTalk question. Comes from Mork. Fake name. Interesting. Do you use the same Siri voice on each of your HomePods, or do you give them their own voices so they have unique personalities?
1: Well, first off, I only have... Well, okay. I have a HomePod Mini. It doesn't. I don't ever use it with Siri. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have paired HomePods. I do use them with Siri sometimes. They have a voice that is not on my other devices. We have taken oh. actually. We followed Mike's advice, and we have made him a, a British gentleman who is our butler who lives inside uh, two cans, not the bird two cans, the actual two. <laughs> home pods. Okay. Uh, wouldn't it be something if a butler lived inside a toucan? There's like a whole children's book there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we, the butler uh, is the one who will, while we're watching TV, suddenly say, I don't think I got that. And uh, we we look at him with scorn. But it's kind of mm-hmm. fun to have a different character to, to play Siri from place to place. So I, I recommend it. I actually think it's a lot of fun to have different uh, different Siri voices in different places because you can personify them differently. Mm-hmm. What
0: I also like for that, for me personally, is that my American friends stop referring to Siri as a specific gender or not. Because like, for me, Siri has always been a, like well, what's called the male voice previously, it doesn't have that Assigned to it anymore, but people have always referred to Siri as she in America for that reason, yeah. and yeah. that's not accurate to my even like my um uh, blinkered worldview at all. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I prefer it when people you're gonna mix it up, and I like now that it's part of the processes you choose, right? Like that's like a thing now. I don't think that was a thing before. I think on, if you were setting up a device from nothing, it's like choose this. So, there you go. Yeah. thank you to Mork for that question if you would like to send in uh, a question for us to open an episode of the show just send out a tweet with the hashtag #SnowTalk, or you can use question mark #SnowTalk in the FM members discord nanu nanu I uh, was waiting for some kind of thing what I thought you were going to Shaz-bot. say is uh, wh- where's Mindy that's what I thought you were gonna <laughs> could have done that too mm-hmm, but you didn't I have some follow-up. Where's Mindy? I have some follow-up. Oh, there it is. First comes from Nathan. Nathan is written in with a screenshot that shows that there was once more animals available for profile Mm. images in Mac OS X. There were a bunch of cats, which is one I was asking. There was also a dog and a dragonfly. A dragonfly, butterfly, a goldfish. goldfish.
1: Be a goldfish. Um, Yeah, we also, I think Stephen Hackett pointed out that there was, at one point, they were all of these images and they were in low resolution. And then I kind of wonder if maybe when they went to a higher resolution image, they didn't have those images in high resolution, so they dropped them. And the ones that remain are the ones that they did have. But yeah, this was this was great that there used to be more animals other than the now traditional four birds, um, and uh, what, what was the and a zebra? <laughs> yeah, four birds and a zebra. Isn't
0: that a Richard Curtis movie? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm.
1: that so it was a less successful sequel. The um, when they left the cat names behind, I think they also left the cats behind. Apparently, that doesn't make any sense to me. And a I dog will say, and a goldfish.
0: Speaking of Steve, Stephen Hackett, he let me down. Did because he? after the episode, I went to Steven's macOS screenshot library mm-hmm. to see if I could find this, and he doesn't have any screenshots <gasps> with the uh, profile images in them. I was All hoping right, Stephen, he would have that.
1: we're, but we're laying that. the challenge down oh, right no. now. I didn't lay this challenge down. We are laying wanted. the challenge down. Stephen, you, your your library, look, it's not for us, it's for your library's completion.
0: You know you love to complete things.
1: <laughs> you need to get the options for login icon Over time. in screenshots for every version. Mm-hmm. You need to. We've uncovered... It's like a news alert. We've uncovered a missing piece of the 512 pixel screenshot library.
0: Jason, there is some very important news. Let me. Do we have uh, music for this? <laughs> is, there I a sec- is there like a song in, for this? In theory, there could have been, but now it's too late. Uh, I ha- this is my... Gen- I have read this aloud to Adina today because these two sentences might be my favorite two sentences I've ever written in our show prep document. So here we go. Apple will no longer include free AirPods with new iPhone purchases... French lawmakers now feel that reducing environmental impact of e-waste is higher than the risk of exposing children to radiation. <laughs> Long-time listeners may be aware that this is a thing that has come up a bunch on this show in the past. From a spe- like, it came up from a long time ago, like when they stopped including the earbuds in the box. In France, they had to continue doing it because of some law, because of exposing brains that are still forming to radiation. That in French law, apparently, this was a concern that holding a phone to your head was going to... We thought it was like a hands-free kit thing in the car, like driving, but no, it wasn't that. It was a brain radiation thing. And then Apple would continue to do it, and we were wondering, when they stopped putting the charger in the box... Will they still do this? And yes, in France, your iPhone would come in another box that inside of that box had a set of earpods. Not airpods, earpods, the wired ones with it. Well, now the law has changed and this law no longer exists anymore, and Apple has confirmed they will no longer be doing this in France because this is now an environmental concern of the additional paper and resources required for these hands-free kits that nobody wants, I'm sure, in France and just throws away, right? Because who wants this every single time you get a, a phone that you also yeah. get wired earbuds? Like, who doesn't have their own at this point that they would prefer to use them?
1: da Please stand for yep. the national anthem of France. <laughs> of brain radiation. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, the truth is this is, and we talked about it a lot, so we might as well talk about it one last time as we put it down in the dirt, which mm-hmm. is uh, people used to be really worried about cell phone radiation, even though I think there were never really any... Uh, there was any direct proof? Like, I think there's it, it, there's skepticism about it, but the the thought was, oh, we got to protect people. You should use hands free instead of putting a phone up to your head. And so back in the day, they made it a rule that if you were selling like a, a a candy bar phone, basically, that you needed to have a thing that you could click in and stick on your ear so that you didn't have to hold the phone up. And that stayed on the books. As we went to a world where where it's not really an issue anymore for the most part and that headphones are all readily available and wireless headphones are readily available and all of these things. And France was like, nope. And a- as the EU is saying, you need to stop e-waste with all of these things like chargers. And France was like, no, 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 no. You got to put it in the box. So which, which as we learned, was not truly put in the box. It was put in a box that was with the box in a larger box so there was also actual waste right of like all these extra boxes anyway uh uh, bon voyage adieu something like that Mm
0: -hmm. i am kind of sad about this because i loved talking about this story every year and i will also say i am really surprised that this was a story that i found myself on mac rumors
1: oh interesting i i had uh, somebody tweeted it at me and i put it in our uh, little notes doc oh, okay. because i i was very excited and i said oh boy we got to talk about this one i hope mike yeah is i think i'd put it in this there one. as well like
0: but uh. what i'm saying is i'm surprised nobody tweeted it at me because every uh. year when mac rumors puts their post up about the included earpods or someone someone sends <laughs> it to me unfortunately <laughs> this po- post on mac rumors was wrote by sammy fathy usually this is Joe Rosigno writes this story on right. behalf of Upgrade, I think.
1: Uh, so listener Nathan tweeted to the Upgrade uh, Twitter account, uh, and that's where I saw it. I imagine you already saw this important French earpods follow up. Right. Here's a link. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen it. Nathan, okay. So, so it had to been sent. Nathan.
0: But okay. So that. So I I will apologize. Maybe I didn't check the Upgrade account uh, huh? quickly enough, but. It's, it's big news, happy. though. Mm-hmm. Big, big news. news. This, is, this is very important news for the show. I would like to congratulate the marketing department at Apple TV Plus for mm-hmm. an ad that they have produced called Everyone But John Ham," which there will be a link in the show notes. If you have not watched this ad, treat yourself for a <laughs> one-minute and eight-second ad that I have so many questions about, and I adore it. Basically, the conceit of the ad John Hamm sitting in an incredible apartment somewhere in LA, and he is just complaining about the fact that Apple TV Plus has so much content, but none of it is including him. And right. he's looking through and he's saying, Ted Lasso, I could have been in that. And he's you know, he's complaining about all of the different things. He's leaving voicemails for Tom Hanks. For Tom Hanks saying you know. how many movies have you got on there? Uh yeah, it is a really, really good ad. And I'm I'm re- I have like a bunch of questions about it, right? Like one, why John Hamm of all people? Two, why did John Hamm do this ad? Like it's it's excellent. It's very funny. John Hamm, by the way, very funny. People only really know him as. Well, mo- people mostly know him for being Don Draper in Mad Men, but he's also a very right. good comedic actor he, too.
1: He was in 30 Rock. He's been in a bunch of comedy things. He is a very funny comic actor and people don't give him enough credit because he's Mr. Handsome and he was mm-hmm. in Mad Men, uh, but he is actually a really uh, funny guy. Um, Canadians will know that he is in a commercial ad campaign that had a very similar tone to this. I actually wonder if that was ah. the inspiration here for a delivery service called Skip the Dishes, And my Canadian friends send me the YouTube links to those ads and they're very funny. Like, he's really good at those ads. So I think the reason he did this is because they paid him. But also the reason they wanted him is because he is somebody people know and he doesn't take himself too seriously and is happy to poke fun at his own self-image in ads and um and then in the back of my head i'm also thinking do they have to get this ad out now because they're about to a- announce the john ham project i mean that they've, they've got to surely right <laughs> like surely
0: that they must have said to him hey john if you do this we will put you in something right like right. that feels like it's got to be the eventual end to this like what i hope genuine is this is a campaign and then it
1: ends with finally the john hey, Hamm now thing. we're announcing the yeah. john ham show um yeah uh, uh, zach pointed out uh unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. He's in that too. Excellent. He's the cult, he's yeah, the he's cult really leader that. in that. Yeah. No, he's, he is a very fun and his Saturday night live appearances. is not, he's a very funny actor, um, who a lot of people only know for being Don Draper. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, this is, uh, Yeah, this is it's a great ad. It is a legitimately great ad. I saw a lot of people, you know, people have opinions about Apple ads. We haven't talked about those ads that they've done for the Apple Watch that have been running during football games, especially here in the US that are the
0: ones that say you're going to die unless you have an Apple Watch. Yeah, these these people would have
1: died, but they had their Apple Watch, which I actually think are incredibly effective ads. And we can debate whether they should exist, but I think they're very effective.
0: Oh, they exist for the reason that I find them weird, like to the reason they should also exist. Yeah. They make me so, uncomfortable, right?
1: So this is um, this is just everybody looked at it and said this is a this is a hilarious ad, and and I, I saw somebody I follow on Twitter who um, mostly doesn't write about tech; they write about uh, TV and entertainment. Who said, "Ah, oh, this Apple company—it's like they're they're pretty good at marketing their products." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, actually, they are. But it's a good ad, very good ad
0: yeah this i really love it and i hope that they do something john ham is awesome my favorite thing about most of john ham's comedic appearances is they are unexpected or surprising mm-hmm. because he pops up right like he just pops up yeah. and stuff you know like, what's john ham <laughs> doing here why is
1: john ham here the um my favorite moment in the in the ad by the way is that he says hey tom hanks i saw finch that was really great um and you you have this other one too, right? The the like uh, greyhound or whatever. And I thought that was really the way it was phrased because we know like greyhound was going to be in a the theater, and then the pandemic happened, and Apple bought it and they put it on Apple TV Plus. I think Finch was a much earlier purchase by Apple, um, and, and is more of an Apple original than the uh, than than greyhound was. But I liked. I thought that was a very funny little realistic detail where he's like, oh yeah, and you were in that other one too. Um, and, and like only people who do, uh, upstream would really yeah. <laughs> get that. But I appreciate it. My favorite I that was part
0: funny. is when I don't, I don't know much about Swan Song, which is what is, uh, that stars Mahershala Ali, right?
1: Yeah. Apparently two, uh, two of him. That's what I like, So they got two of him. I
0: could have done one of those. It's like, it's just yeah. so good. Yeah. It's really good. It's yep. a, it's a good really ad. excellent ad. Yeah. Uh, next week is uh, we're going to be talking about Apple's Q1 results. Oh. That's coming out on Thursday,
1: twenty seventh. Yeah, you thought you thought this uh, this episode was packed, and it is. But next next week's episode is going to be packed too. Yeah, Double the packed. Apple results are Thursday, the twenty seventh. So we'll have uh, we'll have uh conversation about that here on monday i'm mm-hmm. um, gonna do the usual six colors coverage and maybe some extra stuff i'm cool toying with the idea of doing a little live stream we'll do a little live stream a little video nice. uh, live stream after the after the call where dan and i will break it down and show some charts and do all cool. that stuff so so people so. should stay
0: locked to six colors for your great yeah. coverage and then we'll continue
1: being locked to it yes
0: we'll break it down on monday yep this episode of upgrade is brought to you by capital one Have you ever hit a technical snafu while shopping online? Has filling out payment fields given you a headache? Or has a mobile banking app been down when you most wanted to use it? Capital One believes everyone deserves better banking. This means easier access to money and more security. That's why Capital One is investing in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do things like fight fraud with random forests, with models that quickly detect suspicious activity, making it faster to alert federal investigators, and identify how mobile app outages happen with causal models. Keeping their mobile app up and running doesn't happen by accident. Anomaly detection and incident response help determine why app outages are happening so engineers can quickly remedy them. Capital One speed up online shopping with machine learning at the edge. They make shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. This technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser. It identifies payment fields which make uh, which helps make using virtual virtual card numbers easier and faster. The potential of machine learning is so big. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking. Search machine learning at Capital One. Our thanks to Capital One for their support of this show and Relay FM. Rumor Roundup Jason Coming in from Mark German, Apple has lost another key member of its self-driving car project. Joe Bass, who uh, was the head of software engineering for the project, they left to join Meta. This is a quote from Mark Gurman. With Bass's departure, nearly the entire Apple car management team in place just one year ago is gone. Dave Scott, Jamie Wado, Dave Rosenthal, and Benjamin Lyon all left in early 2021. Doug Field, who ran the car team, headed for the exits in September. Michael Schwestkuch? I'm sorry, I've t- done a terrible job of that. Who was in charge of hardware for Apple's project soon followed. Then top engineers bolted. Bass had reported to Field uh, before moving under Kevin. <laughs> 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 before moving under Kevin Lynch, the new head of Apple's car team. Now Mark Gurman's uh, the way he writes for his newsletter is much more fun for me than. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is interesting. Uh, you've put a good note in here. Do you want to ask this question?
1: Yeah. Um, I wonder if this is a sign that things are getting real or a sign that things are not going well. And I actually can't decide because I can see both of these scenarios, right, where they assign uh, Kevin Lynch to do this. And we kind of assumed that this is that moment where uh, I think Tim Cook is saying to Kevin Lynch, all right, you got to find out if there's a product here and we got to move it toward it, it existing otherwise, why are we doing this right? Like let's get real with this thing and either uh and stop messing around basically let's stop messing around and, and let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I can see a bunch of people who've been working on this project that has sort of been they've been toiling and it's just sort of been this theoretical thing. I could see somebody coming in from another part of Apple who wants to ship a product being something that they don't like. And the cynical way for me to view it is that it's a bunch of people who really kind of like. Being paid a lot of money to tinker around with stuff, but not ship a final product, might uh, leap to somewhere else that is also going to allow them to tinker around. Like that's a pretty good gig, right? That to, you never actually have to ship. You just kind of get paid a lot of money to 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 do some development work, and then and then go somewhere else. Um, So I, I could definitely imagine a scenario, and I'm not saying this is definitely what happened, but I can imagine a scenario where Kevin Lynch comes in and says, okay, what are we doing? We're going to drop this. We're going to do this. We're going to get this thing out the door. And you know, the people who were managing it are like, yeah, I'm out of here, and I'm going to take some of my people with us, and we're going to go over to Meta where they're going to pay us, and they're not going to maybe re- require the level of results that we're suddenly being asked here. Well, the, the,
0: the, 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 the approach changed. You know, yeah. like that. Well, that well, Kevin sure. Lynch comes in and he's like, "No, I want to do it this way," and they're like, "No, I don't want to do it that way." So I'm going.
1: I think those go together because yeah. I think that if Kevin Lynch is coming in, uh, my guess again, my read would be he's he's coming in because Tim wants this project to be to get real, and I'm sure people didn't appreciate that. That is a new approach, right? Re- regardless of whether they thought they were, uh, you know, real or not. Um, they were kind of confronted with like, no, we're going to do it this way and they may not like that. I think it is also potentially a sign that things aren't going well and it's a flip side of that same story, which is Kevin Lynch comes in and says, we want to do this. And everybody's like, are you kidding? And they're out of there. So Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I can't, based on all of this like limited information, I can't decide whether this is that moment where it's like, ah, yes, this is, Uh, the inevitable shakeup because they're getting serious and they're going to ship a product or whether it's the proof that they are never going to ship a product. It could be either one. I don't know. I I do think Tim Cook wants it to be real. Yes, I mean, I think they do. And whether this is, I I think maybe, you know, who knows whether Kevin Lynch has gone in there and said this needs to be real and has discovered um, we are going to make it real or has discovered, oh, it is not real. But like I could totally see after all of this time and all this money and all of these people, Tim Cook taking uh, Kevin Lynch, who basically got the Apple Watch across the finish line and said, Kevin, you need to get this thing across the finish line. I, I think that's almost certainly what's going on. Like I, I really, based on the on the tea leaves here, I would think that. I just don't know whether the result is, oh Tim, Mm-mm. <laughs> or no, it's not going to happen, or whether it's like, yeah, we'll make it happen. I wouldn't
0: be willing to put money on this, but I don't think this product's ever real.
1: Yeah, I
0: I if I I think um, there's too many problems inherent with creating a self-driving car that Apple would not be willing to approach what push comes to shove.
1: I think you're probably right. I think that the most likely scenario is going to be that Apple takes its uh, its tech that it builds as a part of this project and tries to turn it into something else, Uh, maybe by finding a partner, maybe by selling it off, but... But yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's more likely than not that there's an Apple, you know, powered car out there. Yeah, in I don't five even years. mean just like
0: the issues of building a car. I I I like I'm not saying you're saying this, but I don't I mean like even if they partnered with BMW like and said like Apple's the brains behind this software, I just can't imagine it. I, yeah. I, there's so many problems that are well, tied to this. I just I,
1: I didn't detail my scenario um as much as I would have or could have because what i would then say is and then even if they do something like that it's entirely possible that it goes nowhere or isn't very good because it's been boiled down to just like the this last little part and it's sort of nothing or somebody makes a deal with apple because it's apple but it turns out that it amounts to nothing i mean there are lots of, of ways that could go um i'm not saying they couldn't do it i'm just saying that um it's a it's it's really hard my my, my product line. <laughs> about about this has always been apple looks at the future sees that the future of automotive includes things apple is good at and thinks why not us and puts money into it invest to investigate it Mm -hmm. even after all of that money all of that sunk cost it's not bad to say oh we learned why it's not us right it's not bad to say that um but i also understand every area sure Hmm. But also they miss their they miss their time, right? I mean, like their time would have been to either buy Tesla or to do a Tesla-like or Rivian-like product back at an earlier point because now all the major auto manufacturers are on board and it's actually going to be a lot harder to enter this market. Yep. And if and if they're really thinking that they're going to just develop autonomous Golf carts for college campuses or something like that. That's not much of an Apple project. I don't know why they would even do that. So I don't know. It's it's they may have missed their moment. Um, I I think when all is said and done, if this amounts to nothing, I think they absolutely should have done it. They should have taken their shot mm-hmm. because I think. It is true that there are a lot of things that Apple does very well that might translate to the future of automotive, but for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to have have panned out. I'm not sure it's going to panned out for Google either. To be no. fair, I mean, I yeah, right. Well, maybe.
0: Okay, so is. Uh... Going back to what you were just saying, I think the thing you've hit on really nicely there is it also, I think, couples with Mark Gurman's other reporting that we were talking about a few weeks ago of, like, Apple wants to leapfrog everyone and make, like, this incredible car that doesn't even need a steering wheel, which we know is just unrealistic for so many reasons, if that is their case. However, I can see that that's what they're going for because Apple's whole thing is we've made something that's so much better than everyone else, right? And the only thing that can be better than... All of these car companies making really great electric cars, which do a bunch of interesting but not completely full self-driving stuff, is to go to that level. Now, if they would have started this years ago, they could have produced something that's like what people think about Tesla, and that would have been all they needed to do. And it would have leapfrogged what what everyone else is doing, but they're too late. So if they needed to do that now, the level they have to go to is so far. And so what I was going to say about Google is, Google doesn't have the reputation of doing that, so they could settle in the middle. No, I don't think Apple would, and I think what they would have to do yeah. to be so far ahead of everyone else is honestly, I don't. I think might need two large scale infrastructure changes that any modern society could actually handle. I don't right. know. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think you make a very good point, which is this is to differentiate themselves at this point, they kind of have to do a moonshot. And that's probably where that whole, we're not going to have a steering wheel thing comes from is almost like a pep talk to the people who work on it that yeah. like, this is our opportunity is in a, you know, we, we can't just come out with a, a a Tesla, right? Because there already is one. And now there are all the, all the big automakers are doing it too. So what can Apple add that will make this product a product that's better than any other product that's in existence in this category. And, and you start perhaps to come down to, well, we've got the Silicon and we've got the sensor data and we can build something that, you know, way better than those amateurs over at Tesla who are, who've been trying this for years and still haven't gotten it right. It's like, okay, all right, Apple, Apple. Oh, all right. uh, We'll see. But uh, it, the problem with that is it may be impossible or nearly impossible, or it may be something that Kevin Lynch goes in there and goes, yeah, we could do this. In twenty years, right? like, do you or want in one
0: city? Right, right. Yeah, like, sure. you know, it, it, this is just. Yeah. I think that this is a really, really complicated problem that we're a long time away from having a solution to, like a long time away. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. Yeah. And I th- honestly, I think the only way to get that solution is a Tesla-like approach, which is building it as the cause of you know, like cars are driving around. Yeah and that information is is being poured back in and then we're trying to use that to map it all out. Like I don't know if you can just be like bang we did it here you go. Like I, just, I don't I just can't I, foresee how that's a possibility. It seems too complicated.
1: It, it is it is hard to to imagine it. I I will I'm never going to say never because the fact is if you had told me some number of years ago that Apple would have that John Hamm ad Listing all those people and that Apple, <laughs> Apple won an I Emmy. I think that's a less hard problem, but sure. <laughs> no, but like this is what I'm saying is not that it's a an easier problem to solve, but that our conception of Apple, Apple is so huge and has so much money that I think we make you make a mistake if you say, "Oh, Apple will never do that because." And we, you know, I see people write this stuff all the time, where it's like, well, oh, Apple will never do that because... And it's always because I have such a limited view of what Apple is, and I don't think there'll ever be anything other than that. And Apple has changed what it is so many times now that I don't want to say, Apple's never going to sell a car, because who can imagine Apple selling a car, and who would buy an Apple car? It's like, okay, but would that be... not Leaving the technical challenges alone, would that be outlandish to imagine a future in 15 years where actually some of the highest end cars that are being sold that are popular in parts of the United States are Apple cars. Like, that seems bizarre. And yet, is that any more bizarre than some of the other moves Apple has made? I don't think so. I think the challenge is what you said, which is, can Apple be so far ahead that they can enter and blow people away? And what they may need to accomplish to get to that level may not be possible given the state of roads and road technology and all of those other things so apple making a car
0: i can imagine apple making a full self-driving fully autonomous car straight out of the gate no i can't imagine that
1: let's just say it i i think apple could make a tesla essentially right i Mm -hmm. think apple could make a car Like following the Tesla model, they could make a more expensive but super high-tech car. It would have their sensor technology and their silicon in it. I'm not – like, there's nobody – is there anybody out there who owns a Tesla who says, you know what Tesla's really good at is software and user interface, right? Like, they – uh, they they release new software betas and people complain about them and their UI is weird and when I drove a Tesla Model Three last year for a week, uh, you know they're like it doesn't even have text size controls for people who are who, who have uh, are nearsighted. Like it it's so like they're not there are lots of things Tesla's bad at that Apple is good at. So like do I think Apple could in five years make a car that was basically kind of like a Tesla but had Apple's uh, OS and silicon and software and a few differentiating features? I think they could. The question is, is that what they want to do? Is, is that what they want their approach to be? Is we're really just kind of making something that's kind of like a Tesla, but it has the Apple logo on it instead of the Tesla logo. And if that's what they want to do, I think they can do it. I'm not sure... I mean I and do you think Tim Cook and all his operations people are like oh we could figure out car factories and then they'll find out that they can't but right like I I think they could totally do it I just is that what Apple wants to do is that a, a product that is that clears the bar for Apple and maybe it does but it it seems to me that they want to really make their mark And not make a product that's kind of like me too, but a little nicer. But maybe maybe that'll be their approach. They've done that in the past. The factories,
0: I'm I'm actually pretty confident they could do it because I don't know how much harder it is to manufacture however many millions of cars versus hundreds of millions of iPhones. Like I feel like, you know.
1: But you have to have a partner. You do have have to have a manufacturing partner. But they,
0: you know, they have, I'm sure that Foxconn could help them do it, you know.
1: They're, they could absolutely do it. I, I, I agree with you. I think in five years, they could do it for sure. One of the
0: first things that I was like, no way would they do this is how would you sell them? But Tesla don't have showrooms. You just buy them online, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can right. go and like and they could set that up, right? Like, you know, you see like the Tesla places in the mall, they could do that. Oh, sure. Because that's not like they how I've always They have a place in the mall. It. Yeah. They already exactly. have it. Yeah, and then you know they just rent out some car parking spaces downstairs so people could do test drives if they really wanted to. But like when I first heard about that, I was like, oh no, the Apple are not going to have dealerships. But you know they they could do what Tesla has done, which is which is a surprise the way that they've ended up doing it. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting uh, an interesting uh, way that that Tesla has done it that Apple could crib if they wanted to. Yeah. But I just think yeah. that the reasons now is just I'm not sure
1: that they could differentiate the way that so- they would probably want to. So here's my counter argument, because I, I, I like this way of thinking that that Apple wants to come in and be the best. And I think that's what's happening with the AR stuff is it, or or and VR stuff, is that Apple's gonna come in with a product whenever they do it later this year maybe, it, and they're gonna say, well, we've got the best, because we've got the best screens and we've got the best silicon and it's gonna be the best. This metric that you've never heard of, and like there's all this stuff going on that uh that makes it like we're taking it to the next level. Like, what do you do in a car? can you do that is it full self driving what is it but let me just let me just say apple has another history here which is the history of picking the right moment and coming into a market where everybody's like look we already did that and then apple comes in with something that says yeah but we waited until the moment where it could be just good enough that it that it's it this is the moment when people are really going to start buying it. And if you believe that that electric car sales are even now, um, they're ticking up, but they're still a small percentage of the market. But there's some thought that maybe 2018 or 2019 was peak internal combustion engine sales. And it's all downhill for ICE for now, and it's all uphill for uh, electric cars, which is great because they're great uphill. <laughs> if you ever driven one up a hill, hey, oh, hey, oh. It's, a, it's a good time. So So you could argue that. You could argue that now is actually the time, just like when Apple did a music player, and there were already music players, but the iPod came out, and they're like, oh, yeah, I know there were already music players, but this is better. Or uh, when they did supported Bluetooth. Bluetooth had been out a while, and people were like, why won't Apple support Bluetooth? But Apple waited and waited for its moment, and then it put Bluetooth everywhere. And people were like, yeah, none of these are perfectly analogous, but like Apple, one other aspect of Apple personality if a company can have a personality is the kind of like picking your spot and picking the sweet spot and while i think project titan this car project has probably missed the sweetest spot because they seem to have been delayed a bunch of times i could make the argument that even if what they can't offer is you know tesla uh tesla claims the full self-driving which tesla can't offer either by the way uh it's interesting stuff but it's really not quite all there. If Apple came out and said, "Well, we can do better. Like our our thing does does more and better than what Tesla or anybody else offers in terms of driver assist, plus all of these other things."
0: Full self-driving.
1: Yeah, yeah, fullest. <laughs> it's the fullest, fullest self-driving, self-driving. W- with a big <laughs> asterisk there. Anyway, I think you could make the argument that 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 is an Apple-like approach where Apple is like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, Tesla, sure. But Apple." <laughs> Right. And, and you know, whether they are confident that they can have a product, what they won't do is enter with a product that is a Me Too product that is lesser. Right. That they're never going to do that. They need to be able to have something to say we could do this better. But it they could lower the bar to being like better than Tesla. Instead of it being. We don't have a steering wheel. <laughs> right? That's a higher bar.
0: Turns out this wasn't the rumor roundup at all. It was a uh, upshift. Yeah, it's upshift. This episode is brought to you by. Memberful. They are our very good friends over at Memberful. They are the easiest way to sell memberships to your audience used by the biggest creators on the web to help you generate sustainable recurring income while diversifying your revenue stream. You may have heard us talking about the FM membership program, Upgrade Plus being a part of that. This is exactly what we use. We use Memberful to power this program because they make it so easy for us to generate an extra revenue stream and deliver bonus content to our members. So everyone that signs up for Upgrade Plus... They get to log in and they get to subscribe to the podcast in their app of choice. There's a bunch of links. There's QR codes so you can subscribe really easily. They do all of that for us. And then every single subscriber, they get their own feed. And if for as long as they're a subscriber, they keep getting episodes. If they cancel, then they no longer get those episodes. It's really, really great because it took away so much work that we would have had to have even... Th- I don't even know how we would have approached it, honestly, about Member Four. We've been working with them for so many years, and then when we were getting ready to reboot the membership program, they had this new podcast feature, and it just made everything a million times easier. They are a fantastic partner for us, and we love our relationship with them. Like maybe you're already producing content, relying on advertising or merchandise sales, stuff like that. Memberful makes make it easy to further diversify your income with everything that you need to run a membership program of your own. You can have custom branding, gift subscriptions, Apple Pay, free trials, private podcasts, and so many more features while leaving you with full control and ownership of everything that relates to your audience, brand, and membership. You can even now send paid email newsletters directly through Memberful or add an email newsletter to an existing Memberful plan or account without needing to connect it to a third party email provider. You can even publish your paid newsletter content to a Memberful hosted members only website. So people get an archive of all of the stuff that they get when they log in. And there's no additional fee when signed up for Memberful's pro or premium plans. Plus you'll save money compared to other popular hosted newsletter platforms. If you're a content creator, Memberful can help you monetize that passion. Get started for free, at memberful.com slash upgrade. There's no credit card required to check it out. That's memberful.com slash upgrade. This could be the start of something exciting. Our thanks to Memberful for their support of this show and relay FM. Now we'll do the rumor roundup.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's thank you for Mark German for making mm-hmm. us deeply consider um Apple Car again. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. just it it just emerges. Well we'll go back to Mark.
0: Apple is preparing for their widest array of new hardware products in its history this fall. Gurman expects this to consist of four new iPhones, a low-end MacBook Pro, updated iMac, Mac Pro, MacBook Air, AirPods Pro, three Apple Watch models, a new base-level iPad, and new iPad Pros. Mark says, given the more significant changes in the pipeline for this year, I'd expect the new iPad Pro to come later than the spring. So this is the overall lineup that Mark is expecting.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to think of this because it feels like uh, there should be more in the spring and less in the fall and i don't i don't know whether i'm skeptical here's the problem i don't know whether i'm skeptical that there's going to be so many products held till the fall or whether i'm skeptical that all the products will like you have to accept the idea like oh well products are going to be delayed till the fall but the products in the fall aren't going to be delayed until Mm -hmm. next year and i wonder about that too like well if you're pushing all those products to the fall are they really going to ship then or are some of them going to get pushed even further back so that late this year becomes next year as is so often the way i i don't know also am i alone or did you feel this too you saw this report and saw how much stuff he thinks is going to come out in the fall and just have that that twinge of like oh god it made me my, feel really upset. The, yeah. My my fall, my fall. There, it's gone now. Well, there's two I, things for me. One is <laughs> that
0: that's not one event, right? This isn't
1: just one event. Right? No, there's, it's there's three. Are you getting it yet? We're doing three events this fall. And Are you also, getting it?
0: I prefer it when they spread things out more throughout the year because that's more stuff to talk about throughout the year, oh. right? Rather than between September right. and November, there's six product lines to talk about. That's, that's right. too much stuff. Uh, Mark Gurman does still expect a spring event to feature an iPhone SE, iPad Air, and a new Mac, either a Mac Mini or iMac, uh, uh, featuring the M1 Pro. I would just okay. say this is, yeah. in my opinion, too much stuff for one three-month period. Right. It just feels like it's too much. It's just, just logistically, realistically, like this feels like too much stuff. Maybe more than they need, but I couldn't tell you what you would kick down the road.
1: Okay, so SE Air and a new Mac with an M1 Pro is a modest event, but I could see it. I I feel like, I mean, there is that one report that says um, that they put a lot of iPads through regulatory approval somewhere, and it may be a different signal, but Mark sort of says, meh, but it probably is going to be the fall. Reading this though, the thing that that really jumps out at me is we've kind of been expecting that there will be new iPad Pros with the M2 along with a MacBook Air with the M2 that the M2 generation is going to hit. And they'll still be doing M1 high-end models, but they'll also kind of push out an M2 that's based on the A15. Okay. But he's got that slated for fall, and I do wonder if is that and you got to read between the lines here, is this Mark having his sources at Apple basically say, yeah, none of that stuff is going to ship when we want. It's all going to be later. Just clear out the summer. I mean, they're, they are sort of saying that Apple's going to, other than, you know, WWDC, like OS announcements, Apple's going to do very little other than a spring event until September. And then they're going to unleash this. They're going to open a portal <laughs> to a dimension full of products <laughs> and just, there they are. all. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Uh, right. Like, I guess they could do it this way. It, I mean, and he has, he has a whole thing about how they're like, they're seasonal and a holiday quarter and all that. And it's like, that's true, but they don't usually do it quite to this extreme. And so that's why I keep thinking. Is this really about products that they wanted to come out in the spring or the summer that they just can't ship them in time? Or they decided it's not worth it because they got to prioritize using those parts on the stuff that they're already shipping so that they can fulfill those orders. And right, because it's not just, do we want to release a MacBook Air? It's, do we want to create demand for a new MacBook Air when we're having trouble shipping our MacBook Pros or our iPads? That's the trick.
0: Because looking at this list, stuff like the MacBook Air, the AirPods Pro, a uh, new iPad and new iPad Pros, it doesn't make any specific sense right. to release those in September.
1: I'm also s- sad because I want that iMac uh, and I don't want to wait till fall, but now I'm really f- uh, fearing that the big iMac is going to be in an October. Well, that could
0: be what Mark's saying is spring, though. He no, okay. He's not sure. what That updated so, iMac is the 24.
1: Yeah, this is, this is, okay. Very specifically, he says, a new iMac featuring the M1 Pro and he suggests the, the iMac, or a new Mac, the Mac Mini or the iMac. I think... This is what we've talked about, Mm -hmm. which is now that the M1 Pro and the M1 Max exist, they could go in other products. So a Mac Mini, you know, space gray, maybe Mac Mini, uh, new design or not new design, but basically adding um, M1 Pro and maybe M1 Max, but maybe it's just M1 Pro options. Makes sense, right? Like now that they've got that chip, why wouldn't you offer it in the Mac Mini? And I have said on numerous occasions, now that you got that chip, why not offer it in the 24-inch iMac, right? Like, the 24-inch iMac is enough size-wise for a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure they would have designed it with some uh, thermal uh, headroom because they would have learned their lesson and they know that this design is going to stay around for several years. Like, wouldn't it be nice if you could offer a high-end 24? That's different than saying, here's our brand new big iMac, um I hope that they do that in the spring but yeah. the way I read Mark's report is more like they're just going to kind of add those higher end chips to some existing models.
0: Maybe I don't
1: think they would
0: put anything higher than the base chip in the iMac like the regular iMac in the same way that they wouldn't put it in the MacBook Air. Like I just think they could but they wouldn't. Like I feel like it's just going to be non-pro, non-max goes in the standard product line.
1: The smaller iMac has always had higher-end Intel options, but not as high-end as the bigger iMac. And so that would be my argument is that the 24-inch iMac maybe gets the M1 and then optionally an M1 Pro, whereas the 27-inch iMac, you can get an M1 Pro or an M1 Max. I just don't
0: think you need, i mean like look as a, somebody who uses an m1 iMac every you don't need the power like the power that this has with just the m1 chip is more than enough it's more powerful than my iMac pro well, who, who's
1: buying who, who's buying Macs with m1 pros and m1 maxes in it then what do you mean? like I, like i mean you don't need more power some people do need more power but they don't need more screen
0: well they'll get, get the iMac pro and like it or they'll get an iMac uh, an m1 pro max mac mini and a monitor
1: Right, but I, I'm just saying I don't see why offering a um a, a top end build to order 24 inch iMac configuration with an M1 Pro and some more RAM and all of that. Well, okay, do you if, think if, that they
0: if, would add the M1 Pro to a MacBook Air?
1: I don't, because I think that they're going to design the MacBook Air to differentiate it from the MacBook Pro, and they're going to focus on it being an M2 and not an M2 Pro or M2 Max, but the iMac is a desktop. And I don't think the iMac is, um, I don't think the contrast between the smaller and larger iMac is the same as the contrast between a MacBook Air and a MacBook Pro. I don't. I think that the the even the small iMac, they let you build to order and crank it up. Not as far as the big one on Intel, but you could do it uh, because it's a desktop Mac. So I think that's the difference there because I don't think the air – I suspect the air is going the other direction where they're going to do a new version of it that, mm. that really is predicated on the low power uh, of, the, of the M1 and M2 – base model simple chip instead of what they're doing on the pro line because they want to yeah. differentiate those two yeah, but i'm not that. sure they want to differentiate the 24 from the 27 to that extreme right like if you want if you want a smaller iMac but you want a little more power and you want to give us more money okay i think they could do that you're right it is less likely than just throwing it in a mac mini and saying guess what mac mini pro is here now uh enjoy but this is intriguing, though. It's an intriguing report in an otherwise kind of boring like iPhone SE. It's boring. iPad Air update. It's nice, but it's not going to be that different, right? So it's going to be kind of boring. Um, and then a new Mac. Like I'm, I'm still struggling to see what the excitement is in this event. And maybe there just isn't any. And it's we got these product updates we need to do, and here it is, and it's an hour. On video, uh,
0: honestly, Jason, I think it's an iMac Pro. I think that's what that is the big star okay. of that event. That's what I All think right. the big star in the spring will be. And I'll just say, like, I understand where you're coming from. I think now, honestly, they will just—it is not a uh, sensible decision. It is just a like a product decision. That is the way I look at that. Is that the iMac is the consumer device, so it gets the consumer chip. And the iMac Pro starts right. with M1 Pro, just because Pro, 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 Pro. They're, it's pro. This, You know, it's like, why did they do it on the iPhone? Why did they do it on anything? Like, I think that they're just going to draw a line in it, whether you can do it or not. Um, although I agree with absolutely everything you're saying, I think it makes more sense to do it that way to have options in all of the Macs. If you can, if you can put it in there, put it in there. I just think my my money would be on they're gonna make it like a, this is a fit for like, you can't put, what do
1: you want to put a Max like a Pro chip and a yellow computer? What are you, crazy? You know, huh, like, well, I, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We still don't know whether they're going to call the high-end iMac iMac Pro, whether they're going to call the high-end iMac all models Pro, or whether they're going to have a non-Pro and a Pro version. Um, you know, we have our guesses, but we don't know what they're going to do. And, you know, Mark Urban's story suggests that updated imac happens in the fall um i read that to be the 27 inch but who knows i i don't know i i think there's a lot still out on the table but what this is getting me the sense of is that according to mark german's sources expect a light spring mm-hmm. and then a heavy fall and nothing in between, which is interesting, but not unexpected given what's going on with the supply chain. It's not unexpected. There are going to be these, like, you know, bubbles in the pipeline where they're like, we, we just don't, you know, everything slid back, and these things have slid back, and then we're going to get up to speed, and then we're going to blow it out in the fall. Although I also would not be surprised if we get Something's to fall, pushed. and this st- some of this stuff becomes spring of 23 and mm-hmm. that's just how it is yeah, yeah they're giving themselves
0: as much room in the calendar yeah. as possible
1: also what i mean here's a here's another way to think of it which is what in apple's product line has to get replaced right like okay the high end i or the the large imac is on intel it needs to be replaced mm-hmm. i could argue that mac mini is on intel it needs to be replaced so like models that are not yet off of intel need to be replaced okay, we can do that. Maybe that 13-inch MacBook Pro, could it get a, a, an M1 Pro option? I think that's another maybe. one where, like, maybe. But, like, and the, and the Mac Pro, they want to do that. It doesn't really have to be replaced, but they really want to do that. But, like, some of these, a newer version of the 24-inch iMac with the M2, the, a newer version of the MacBook Air with the M2, like nobody those are easy in my mind, as much as I want one of those MacBook Airs, in my mind, those are the easiest things to push off. Oh yeah, for sure. It, and the air sells really, really well. I, I get the, it.
0: The new iPad as well. You could you can push that yeah, out. It's fine. The,
1: the the new iPad Pro model doesn't doesn't need to even be on the eighteen month cycle. You could afford to wait with that yep. one too, right? Like yep. they're they're fine. Not that a new one wouldn't drive sales and all that, but honestly, that iPad Pro and that MacBook Air are fine they are good they are current they are fast they're still great they're still good values for apple products down you know the the 999 macbook air like it's all fine so if you're looking for things to delay um there's there's a bunch of stuff that you'd be like you know it doesn't matter when this ships like that, that m2 macbook air as cool as it sounds and as much as i want one and as much as i want them to announce it next month if they announced it a year from then it would probably not hurt their business. So that's a, one way to make decisions.
0: <laughs> According to political website Punchbowl News, Tim Cook is personally lobbying the Senate Judiciary Committee over a bill that has now passed the initial vote to, among other things in the, uh, in the US, enforce side loading on devices and remove com- a company's ability to favor their own services on those devices. Uh, this bill is going to advance to Senate floor now for voting.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting because this gets into political details, which is why I put a link in our our notes to a report that's actually on Philip Elmer Dewitt's site. But he's quoting analyst uh, a report from analyst Emmett Darianani, who uh, is at Evercore and is a regular on those quarterly analyst calls. Probably hear his voice later this week, and he is quoting an analyst at Evercore as saying that it's th- that this passing as a law is not likely. And so what this analyst named Tobin Marcus says is the vote 16 to 6 overstates the level of support for the bill. Some Democrats, including the two senators from California, voted it out of committee as a courtesy to Senator Amy Klobuchar, despite expressing significant reservations. Several other Democrats have concerns and changes they want to make. Some of the Republican support looks soft as well. And getting Senate floor time for this bill before Congress shuts down for the midterm elections will be harder than some commentators appreciate. So, so this yep. an analyst says it could happen in some form, but it's also not one of those things where it's like, oh, it's got bipartisan support and so it'll pass. It's got kind of soft bipartisan support, but not maybe e- in both parties strong support so we'll see but yeah wouldn't that be this is like one of those things that we've talked about about do you want to push this too far apple because you end up in a scenario where uh like the government of the united states says you have to offer sideloading and alternate app stores and it's the law now and that's just how it has to be which is like that's really bad for apple like you accidentally
0: created a bunch of buzzwords like sideloading is just like a buzzword now in politics, right? For for things yeah. that tech companies should do.
1: Break them up, right? Like, Well, because politicians want to be seen as being mm-hmm. tough on 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 big tech, right? That's what they, they want to be seen. Fortunately, politicians also want to listen to billionaires and valuable companies about harming American businesses. And I'm sure that's what Tim Cook was that's talking about. That's why Tim about.
0: Cook gets on the phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I was also reading on Axios a similar thing of like, if this... Anything happens to th- if this bill ends up ever getting through, it's not going to look like how it looks now. Like th- right. there's a lot of desire to change it, but the thing is, you don't know which part, right? So like side loading might get. I mean, for all we know, side loading might not be one of the things that people have a problem with. Like maybe the thing that that like other people in politics have a problem with is the ability to for a company not to favor their own services because what? But you know what I mean? It's just like yeah, which is why Tim Cook's on the phone because he doesn't know either and wants to make sure that it's going to go exactly his way. But I just thought that considering everything we've been talking about recently, it's is a pretty funny uh, thing that kind of came out of nowhere for me. Like this bill is like, oh, hello. What are you up to? Yeah. Apple has named Kristen Hugert-Quayle as their new head of public relations. Uh, Hugert-Quayle replaces Stella Lowe, who's been in the role since May 2021. (laughs) Less than a year. Lowe was an outside hire for Apple. Once again, suggesting that outside hires in high-up positions at Apple potentially struggle to match culture fit. Uh, John Browett is the key example of this, the guy who was brought in to run the Apple store, like the stores, retail stores, yeah. was gone within a very short period of time.
1: And arguably Angela Aarons, although she lasted longer, but you know, I, I'm not sure that that was, in the end, uh, the right fit either. Yeah. The counter-argument would be something like the all the chip designers and Johnny Shroogey and all of that, but... Mm-hmm. I I get the feeling like they came in to establish a culture in a part of Apple that didn't exist before. Yeah. And so when you're forging a new, you know, portion of a, co- a corporate identity, that's different than sliding into a role that's been defined forever. Mm-hmm. And um I remember at the time we talked about Stella Lowe being hired out of Cisco and said, that's a weird match. Like didn't are, seem it, right. It, yeah. It didn't it, like, cor- like to very technical and a lot of corporate sales stuff. And like, is that, is that the messaging that you really want? What, did she, Was she just on a WebEx? And they're like, Hey, uh, cause Cisco makes WebEx and Apple uses WebEx. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also like, I don't, I don't mean this to be strange, but like Stella Lowe's Twitter account was like really weird. Like hmm. it was just like a, sh- like the, the things that, that, that she was tweeting was strange. Like her avatar was like a just like a really low quality image. Like it just was like it didn't feel like a PR person's thing, especially from Apple. Real? No, did but it really was just exist? like I don't know. It was just like a thing that is like for one, the head of Apple PR has never had a public face, right? Right, and yep, she did. And it this is like so, PR specifically. The head of PR is like. Probably the most manicured position inside of the PR machine that is Apple, right? Yeah. And the idea of bringing someone in from outside after the position had been vacant for, I think, nearly two years? Very strange. Right.
1: Which means people who were working at Apple were doing the job. But yes. Di- including, apparently, Chris and Hugot Quayle. Um, and yet they didn't get the job because they they held it open and they ended up giving it to an outside person, uh-huh. which implies a level of dissatisfaction with your internal people. I think it's fascinating, especially for Apple, because Apple has done this time and again. And it's like, you know what? At these high level positions, it is becoming increasingly apparent that you got to be on the inside to understand it and be a culture fit and then grow and then reach that position later and bringing somebody. Apple is a weird company. I think that's what we've learned is Apple is an outlier. They're strange. They have their ways and just hiring somebody from the outside to come in. I imagine you hire somebody like Stella Lowe because you want to bring in her skills from Mm -hmm. Cisco and wherever else she worked to put a new spin on Apple PR because otherwise, why would you not when Steve Dowling leaves? Why would you not hire or promote his, 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 Person who was basically like high up working with Dowling on the on the uh, executive stuff, which was was Steve Dowling's previous job before he was the head of PR when it was Katie Cotton. Dowling was on the executive side, and there was uh, another person, uh, Natalie Harris, who was on the product PR side, and that was the like which one of them is going to get the job. And Dowling got the job, which I think. Cynically, I could say, oh, you mean the person who was really close to all the executives because he handled executive PR, got the job wh- when the executives chose him? Interesting. But uh, Christian Huggett Quayle also apparently was on that side doing, you know, all things Tim. and uh, And so... The executives picked her eventually, but not before they went outside. And I, I just wonder, are they deluding themselves? Are they like, no, 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 no. We want something different. We want a little uh, fresh blood in the PR department. We want to do things differently. And then somebody comes in, and I've seen this. You've probably seen this too at various companies, various organizations over time. The people in charge think they want change, and then somebody gets hired to bring mm-hmm. change. And then all the changes they propose are like, no, we don't, we don't do that here. Like I've seen that time and again where where somebody talks about wanting change and a fresh idea, and then you bring them in. I'm not saying I don't know that this happened in this case, but like I've seen that happen ever well, since though,
0: right? Like she would have come in with her experience working right. somewhere else. It's like, I want to do it this way. And... and you
1: bring the person in from outside because you because presumably you want them to do that, but it so often happens that when they get inside, everybody goes, "Oh, no. Not really. We actually want to do it the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. and I, I I have a hard time looking at this exit happening in less than a year with without saying that that's it. And that's not necessarily her fault. In fact, it's it's perhaps, Absolutely not her fault, right? because it may be that she was told, well, no, no, we want- I know that Apple is very particular, but we want an outside view of this. The people who've been running this department have been here for years, and we want somebody new to come in and Now here we are a few months later, and she's gone, and they 've hired a long time person oh, yeah. who's been at Apple a long time and was the one of the right hand people of the previous occupant of the position, and it's really like a reversion, like no, 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 we actually want the successor who probably should have been the successor, uh, but wasn't for some reason, but now is, and maybe there are personal things. You never really know. We're on the outside looking. And it is
0: also worth just noting, they have, Apple have said, and Stella Lowe said that she's going to be spending more time with her family. But the thing is that is, whether that's true or not, that's the line that that, like the cliche line of, yeah, we're all going to pretend like this was all good. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which That's seems like right. a strange PR move, I don't know, man. But like like the the the, the, the thing is, I I completely am of, a, of, a, of the mind that Stella Lowe was brought in told that there was that the Apple wanted to shake things up. She went in and shook things up and then everyone decided they didn't like that. But, you know, like it, which is like, well then what was she she was always set up to fail. It's like I think this is a similar thing with what happened with Angela Arons as well. She was brought in to say and they said to her, hey, but can you just change our entire retail proposition yeah. and make it luxury? And so she did that. And then they were like, mm, no, yeah, we, need, we, we, need, mm. we need to sell our phones on finance. <laughs> and she yeah. said, I'm not going to do that. And then that was no. the end of that, right?
1: Yeah, I think that that's the, that's the best way to evaluate that one. So, so this is, I mean, PR is different because it's not public facing in the same way as being the head of retail. But, and Apple PR has done a bunch of things differently. Over the last few years, but the truth is they were doing that under Steve Dowling, too. Well, this is the thing. Like,
0: I would, my assumption would be, as you said, like, Hugo Quayle was probably the person, one of the people in charge of this change because Dowling's been gone for a long time. Yeah. Now it's just kind of funny that it's like, oh, no, no, you, you,
1: I know you were doing this job before
0: and then we hired someone else, but can you just do it now? It's strange.
1: Yeah. Right. Like, I, and uh, there are personal dynamics at work here and there's, you know, it's inside a company who knows we're just on the outside looking in. And these people are all kind of cardboard cutouts to us, Mm -hmm. but they're also people with, with allies and enemies and quirks and all those things that we just don't know about. But it does seem, uh, really interesting that they went out. They're like, left it out there for years. um, ended up going with an outside hire, which is almost like they were trying to see if somebody would step forward from the inside and felt like that didn't happen. And maybe it takes a bad person to come you. go, No,
0: I want to do it instead now. I've seen the other option. Yeah. go. Y- y-
1: then you do the outside hire and you're like, oh, no. Um, no, we were wrong. I mean, good for Kristen Hugo Quayle. Like, we were wrong. We should have hired you all along. It seems to be what happened here. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's weird. I will say... Um, The big change was Katie Cotton leaving. Katie Cotton, um, and I've talked about her before, she was, I would say, as close to Steve Jobs. My perception was she was as close to Steve Jobs as anybody at Apple. And we don't talk about her a lot because we don't talk about PR. We talk about products. And so we talk about Phil and Johnny Ive and Tim Cook. But I think Katie... Katie was always there next to Steve. Katie was controlling the message of Apple. All of the Apple PR, everything they did, all their messaging, like Katie controlled it. And I I think Katie, you know, Katie worked for Phil, I think, but Katie worked for Steve, right? And she, don't get on her bad side. She was real scary. I was terrified of her (laughs) at various points. And everybody will have their Katie story. But, and she could also be very charming and nice. Uh, you mean PR? It's, it's like you gotta you gotta be able to just do that. like Steve Jobs, right? Exactly. <laughs> but I would say Katie had her way of doing things, and it was really Steve's way of doing things. And she was able to like get what Steve wanted out of it. Obviously, when you work for Steve Jobs that closely, if Steve doesn't like a step that you made in terms of PR or whatever, um, you'll know, and you'll know not to ever do it again. So. um, Steve passed away. Katie retired with probably all the money. Um, The one of her two lieutenants gets the top job and the other one leaves. So Steve Dowling's down in charge. That was the moment. That was the Steve Jobs to Tim Cook kind of moment of like somebody new is in charge who can make some different decisions. And I think probably part of Dowling's pitch in trying to get hired was we're going to do things different. So Dowling really did lead a lot of the PR changes that have happened. And, you you know, sorry for the inside baseball, everybody, but like for those of us who cover Apple, like the way they roll out products and they got YouTubers involved and they've got different ways of doing product briefings and they've got like they've, they've after a, a period where they really didn't change for a long time, really like from the early days of Steve until sort of Steve Dowling was in charge. Apple PR was basically always the same playbook. And I don't know whether that was because the people in the PR group wanted it to be that way or because that was the playbook cuz Katie said that's the playbook. But they 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 did change. And um and and I think Dowling and his team like felt the freedom with Katie gone to make some of those changes and I think that there were a lot of Positive changes. And I think there were a lot of like, you know, creative things that we could debate whether they're good or not, but they were like trying new things. And I think you've got, after so much time of it being static, them trying new things is a great thing. Like, mm-hmm. just, you should do that as just, I'm not talking about self interest here. I'm saying as a person in a business, you should probably try different things once in a while, right? Not just follow the same playbook from 1998. Um, so, in this, so they had the gap and then they had, uh, the new person come in and in less than a year she's out and they brought, they've elevated somebody from the team probably should have done that to begin with, but maybe they had to go through the process, right? Sometimes you got to go through the process to know what you, you you think you want one thing and then you go through and you realize you don't want that thing. You want the other thing after all. And, and, uh, they're fortunate. I would say on one level that Christian, uh, Hugo Quayle didn't, uh, say bye yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and, and leave, um, like what happened with uh, Natalie Karras, who when when uh, uh, Steve Dallin got the job, she was out of there, and she was great. She was head of product PR, so I I dealt with her a lot for years. From she used to work at FileMaker, like I dealt with with her for twenty years. I mean, it, a lot of time. But the moment that that choice was made, she was out of there, and Kristen Hugo Quayle didn't get the job. I don't know if she was up for it or not. It would seem that she would have been, uh, and she was doing the work. And they didn't kept not hiring a replacement, naming a replacement. Um, but she's got the job now. So you know, I think that that Apple may be fortunate that she didn't press the eject button when they hired this person from Cisco last year. Maybe she was just biding her time. You know, sometimes that's what you do is you get passed over for something and you think average. This is going to, well, and you think this is not going to go well, right? Like, like I've seen this, I've absolutely seen this, uh, where you're like, okay, that person doesn't realize what they're going, what they're getting themselves into. And these people don't realize what they've just done. Everybody's going to regret this. And this person isn't going to be here for very long. And maybe that was what she did was like, I'll buy my time. This isn't going to work out. (laughs) And well, if, if she did, then good on her because she was right. <laughs> this this did not work out. It turns out hiring a new head of PR from Cisco, not a fit.
0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. Squarespace gives you everything from website functionality to online store functionality to marketing tools, analytics, whatever it is, they've got you covered by combining cutting-edge design and world-class engineering to make it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. With Squarespace, you get all of the tools that you need. You get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, dependable resources, 24-7 customer support. There's nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade. You can get SEO and email marketing tools. You can grab a domain name. You can customize a beautiful template that we're all professionally designed. just takes drag-and-drop tools to do this, and you can customize the look and feel, settings and products you have on sale with their store. Uh, just a few clicks. Every single Squarespace website is optimized for mobile. When you're actually building it, there's these buttons that you can press to, sh- to change the size of the screen, so you can see like this is how it'll look on a PC, this is how it'll look on a tablet, this is how it'll look on a phone, which is really great. Everything adjusts, but so you can just take a look, you can tweak things as ever you would like. Squarespace can let you publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an event, sell your physical or digital goods, uh, showcase your work of a portfolio, and so much more. You can go Go to squarespace.com/upgrade and you can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required. Then, when you're ready to launch, use the offer code upgrade and you'll save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com/upgrade. And when you sign up, use the offer code upgrade and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of Upgrade and Relay FM. Let's do some hashtag Ask Upgrade questions to finish out today's episode Gregory asks how do you keep track of your books across multiple services Jason I have Apple Books Kindle physical uh, and a bunch of audible accounts and I often find it difficult to remember where I bought something short of
1: just checking everywhere do you have an easier way I don't Um, the truth is I buy mostly I buy almost entirely ebooks and I used to buy them all on the Kindle store and now I mostly buy them on the Kobo store and so I don't have that many places to look and it's not a problem. So I, I don't really have a good answer here. Um I don't know if there are book tracking services. I don't do audible. Um I mean, I'm sure there are apps. I don't buy right? physical like, books. Are, I don't do like, Apple books. I I, I don't know. I think I think they all are geared toward you buying just from them, right? Nobody wants to help you. So I don't have an answer here.
0: <laughs> a, Nobody wants I mean, like, you know, like you get these like T V tracking apps or whatever. Yeah, I know,
1: but I don't think they're like honestly, I'm not sure Gregory is the most common uh case here where it's like I buy Apple books and Kindle books and physical books and two different Audible accounts in different regions and it's like that's a I'm not sure that that's a real edge case. So hmm. So I, I don't know if there's a way. Can you, like, tag things on Goodreads based on where it exists in your house? I don't... Or in your digital accounts? Your I don't... I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. But I, I, I can't help. I, I've, I'm keeping it simple.
0: We've done this before, but I'm going to do it again. Nougat machine. If you would say... Nougat. Nougat. Do you use contacts metadata to identify family members... Or do you instead have a contact named, say, mum, to display the familial relation instead of the proper noun in notifications? This is so interesting, right? So if you catch, you didn't catch that, do you, say, for example, have a contact that says your mum's full name? Or do you have your mum's name? Like, just say mum.
1: Right. Or, or do you add, like, I think you can add a nickname, as well if you want to yeah you can add nicknames but also like siri
0: will make an actual link too so if you yeah. say like if i said my dad is jason snell yes. uh then if i say call dad <laughs> it's not true by the way it's not it true. would be jason
1: yeah uh this is interesting i what do you do oh i just have mom and it's my mom
0: oh. i don't have like my mom's full name and then that's my mom I don't call her by her full name. What
1: do I need that for? I have her full name. I have my mother's full name. <laughs> is that how you refer to her too? <laughs> Mrs. Snell? <laughs> yeah. I I just I I just don't. I mean, it, it's probably a legacy of when that was when my dad was alive. It was it was both of their names in there, but it didn't say mom and dad. It said Ron and Sue Snell. So yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't I don't do that for anybody. Um, m- my wife's full name is in there it's not a nickname or, or wife or some wife is calling out of my children or their full names. I'm a bad, boring person, I guess. Um, Jamie, no, you wouldn't,
0: you wouldn't
1: like if you like
0: son, like, you know, that'd be weird. Like, cause you don't, yeah, call, that it, would you be- don't call him son, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Second child is calling
0: <laughs> favorite child. <laughs> um,
1: um, Jamie has, I know that Jamie has me in her book as daddy Snell. I forget what she's got, if, if Lauren is Mommy Snell or, or not, but like like she's done that. And then Jamie also edited in, in Lauren's phone, she actually edited her own contact and put a bunch of heart emojis around her. So whenever Jamie calls, it's like, heart, 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 Jamie, heart, heart, heart is calling. Nice. Uh, because Jamie decided well, to have a great be her own hype man there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a great one now. All right. I'm putting my mom on blast here. So- Back in the day, I used to have uh, two phones because I bought a new... I had like my iPhone or something, and I still was on an old contract, which was a Sony Walkman phone. Uh Uh-huh. And that was the number that I ended up carrying over, but I had to change network to get the iPhone. So I ended up having two numbers for a little bit, but then I was able to swap that over. So still to this day, we are talking over 15 years. My contact in my mom's phone is Michael Walkman. And I say to her, (laughs) mom, should we change this? And she says, no, I like it like that. So uh, to my mother, I am the Walkman, I guess. (laughs) So, you know, this is a thing that still exists. I am the Walkman.
1: You are the Walkman. That's mm-hmm. amazing.
0: And I cannot tell you how much restraint I showed to say I'm going to put you as Daddy snow in my phone too. Uh, and I, but I feel like enough time has passed from when you said that to now, where I feel like I can comfortably say that mm-hmm. I may put you as Daddy now on my phone. Oh, what is the energy we're bringing to the show now? Sebastian Uh, asks... There's
1: japes. (laughs) There's japes happening all of a sudden.
0: A new display from Apple would feature a built-in webcam. Now, of course, to set the stage for this, all of Apple's Macs have webcams. The Pro Display XDR does not have a built-in webcam. And Apple even went so far as to work with Logitech to create a specific version of their Brio webcam that had a magnet on it to go on the top.
1: Yeah, well, it's because they they couldn't afford to... To put it in and keep the price down on the
0: XDR. <laughs> it's, it's another $1,000
1: for a yeah. webcam. I, I, I actually think that there are probably, so I think it should, and I think that there should be. However, what gives me pause is the XDR and the fact that I think they probably heard from customers who said, we put these things in places where we don't want a webcam, and don't make us put a piece of tape on your beautiful $5,000 display right that that there are places where they don't want a webcam but i would i would hope so i would hope that there would be a webcam and maybe if they're going to do face id put face id in there or something i I, it should be a great webcam and center stage in there right like that's what it should be and quite frankly i will be disappointed if it isn't there but that doesn't mean they're going to do it they don't just release products to please me unfortunately if only
0: i do think that they will. I think the Pro Display
1: XDR. Looking at the,
0: the Pro Display XDR as uh, uh, as reasoning for any future decision, I think is a fool's errand. Like that is a one off thing for me. In the way that the Mac Pro was a one off thing, it's like it existed for a very specific. Uh, like the iMac Pro, sorry, it existed for a very specific purpose in a alternate timeline that got broken and we came back to reality. Like, why did they not put a camera in that? Well, because they just didn't, because this was meant to be a, like a replacement for a reference display. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just think it's like looking at that as any reason for future decisions, I don't think is, like, I don't think Apple's ever going to charge separately for a stand on a monitor ever again.
1: Yeah, right. I think you're right.
0: Like, it was just this one thing.
1: Yeah, the XDR should not be hopefully a uh a proof of any future plans for monitors, but who knows. I I do I think it'll happen? I mean I I hope it happens. I don't I don't know if I have an answer do I think it it'll happen because Apple often will vex us with their product choices for something mm-hmm. like this, but like a modern Apple display external for people who have got a Mac mini or or you know whatever that device is that they're hooking up Are they going to want a webcam? Yes. Are they going to want center stage? Yes, they are. Why would you not do that and make them put something on the top of their monitor? Like, don't do it. I mean, if they if they're worried about security concerns, you know, make it make it available without or sell a fifteen dollar piece of tape that you put up there or whatever. I don't care, but I want it, and they should do it, and they should feel bad if they aren't doing it.
0: And Splendid asks, what do you use to synchronize files across your laptop and desktop other than just drag and drop? I found myself starting to learn term- to use terminals so I could work out how to write an R-sync shell script, but I don't trust myself to not delete anything. Splendid, stop. What are you doing?
1: What are you doing? Why would you do that? Just a, there's a feature in iCloud to do this exact thing. Yeah, I, that that's my number one piece of advice is if you got to pay a little more for iCloud, do it. But like, don't do use that. iCloud. Sync your desktop and your documents folders with iCloud, and just do that and see how that works. Because please stop. That is why that feature is there. <laughs> yeah, please stop. Or you could do what I do and have like a, a bunch of things that are actually inside a Dropbox and pay for Dropbox and use that. Mm-hmm. But And investigate because some of the apps you use may actually have a feature that lets them sync their settings across. Um, Like I, I use BB edit and I've talked about it a lot. I've written about it a lot, mostly in BB edit. They, you can put their application support folder inside the inside iCloud and it just uses it. And it's not, it's, it's documented, but it's like, there's not like a preference for it, but, It works and and so you know if that's what you're frustrated about is like app preferences Mm -hmm. you should check and see if your app preferences have a way of syncing to ask the developer and if they don't you should say please do this but like i don't recommend writing janky scripts or maybe your scripts would be pristine but still like don't do it like use the cloud services that have been provided to you please yes i'm so pleased
0: that you you stopped doing this and wrote in because that meant that you had the the peace of mind, like, <laughs> like the foresight, to be like, "This is like, a bad idea." This is probably yeah. a bad idea. Because there are lots of people that do not stop at that point, and then they end up going to the Apple Store and saying, "Please, can you help me get my data back?" And the Apple Store says, "No, I cannot do that." Uh, I use Dropbox basically. If we're talking about file storage, it's all Dropbox. I use Dropbox yeah. as if it is Finder, like that is when i open a new finder window it goes to my dropbox because that is where i keep every single file that right. i care about although i out.
1: will i will say you would be surprised at what's in icloud drive because apps more and more apps are supporting icloud drive for their syncing well, well, yeah, and so I they use, put it in there
0: yeah i use icloud drive syncing when a when a, a when a um, when an app forces that. So, like, I sure. have a bunch of numbers, documents, or whatever, and they sync with iCloud. However, if it's something that I consider to be important, I will save it out to Dropbox and I will just open it from from Dropbox. Yep. Like, I kind of treat the iCloud syncing as if the app is just basically what it, what it is actually intended to do. Like, how you would have any app just having its own data inside of that app, you know? I could kind of treat it like that. But if it's an important thing, it will get saved out as a file. If you want to hear more about some of the weird and wonderful things that me and Jason are doing with Dropbox, we talk about that in today's Upgrade Plus. It's not related to this question, Splendid. You're not going to get more out of... We're not like hiding your answer in Upgrade Plus. We talk about some other Dropbox-related things. If any of you want to get that, you can go to getupgradeplus.com and you can sign up. $5 a month or $50 a year. Get longer ad free episodes of Upgrade, including a bunch of other wonderful perks of being a Relay FM member, including access to our wonderful Discord, which houses our live chat. Which you can, if you listen to the show, we record live, by the way. If you ever want to check out the show live Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific time, anybody can listen uh, for free at Relay.fm/slash live. We also have that in the Discord, but the live chat, uh, which is a wonderful group of people who provide us lots of great uh, follow-up and feedback as we record, uh, they are in our Relay FM members' Discord, which you can get access to at getupgradeplus.com. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that has signed up. It really helps support the show, and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. We also appreciate our sponsors of this episode, Squarespace, Member Four, and Capital One. But most of all, we, we appreciate uh, every single one of you for listening, as you do every single week. Uh, and we'll be back next time. If you want to find Jason in the meantime, and you especially do with the Apple results coming up, go to sixcolors.com, and Jason is at Jason L, J-S-N-E-L-L. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And we'll be back next week. Until then,
1: say goodbye, Jason Snell. Merci, France. Merci beaucoup.